What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the pod. My name's Ari, your host. Great to be here as always. Last week we had Toomey from Luke's Force on, and this week I've got James from Star Wars Facts. So, James, how's it going? Going good. I uh, can't complain. Just another regular day being a college student and running a Star Wars page. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, today James and I are just going to talk about all the uh, the latest news, talk a bit about Star Wars facts, um, his his fandom, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, let's start with the news. So, um, first of all, uh, kind of some sad news, I suppose you could say. Um, Alan Tudyk's confirmed that K2SO is not going to be appearing in the Andor series. Um, his quote was that they're shooting it right now, but I'm not in it. Uh, but if it stays on the air, stories keep getting told, I'll end up in there. Um, so, And this was sort of a bit of a shock, I suppose, because back in April 2019, Lucasfilm actually revealed at a Disney investor event that Alan Tudyk is going to be reprising his role as K2 um, alongside Diego Luna. So, yeah, what do you think of this, James? This is like, I don't know, a bit of a shock to me, I'd say. To me, it honestly doesn't... It doesn't make me upset at all because I think it's actually a good thing because it confirms that we're getting more than one season. And any, and I'm really excited for the Andor series just because of the potential it can be. Just because it's... Yes, uh, Cassian may not be like the most beloved character ever, but his story takes place in such an interesting part of the Star Wars universe that there's so many cool like things that can happen you know, the start of the rebellion, like Star Wars Rebels is like one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars ever. You know, there's great, uh, great um, opportunities for lots of different characters to show up. Like, wouldn't it be so cool to see Ezra show up or <laughs> Kanan or like any of them, Admiral Akbar, who's my favorite character, uh, yeah. like any of them, <laughs> Radis, like, it'd be so cool to see. I mean, of course, it'll probably be about Cassian uh, himself, but I and I like the idea of it being a spy thriller, so I'm already really excited for this. But K2SO not being um, in it in the first season doesn't make me really upset at all. I I am honestly just happy that we'll get lots and lots of it because uh, they basically just confirmed season two without confirming it. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think he made it pretty clear as well. He's like, oh. Well, um, yeah, if, if stories keep getting told, I'll end up in there, and I think that's absolutely right. Um, but, yeah, because there's a there's a comic out there, I don't know if you've read it, the K2 and Cassian um, comic, which pretty much just tells the story of how Cassian found K2. Um, do you think they're going to just retcon that, or they'll just do, a, like, an adaptation of it in the show, like, in later seasons? I have read it, and honestly, when I read it, I wasn't very wowed by it yeah, i thought it was kind of rushed i felt like it could have been it being a one shot just made it a little too short um i feel like if they had made it like a four issue miniseries it would have been a lot better but yeah so like the emotional beats in it didn't hit for me so i honestly wouldn't i would not mind at all if they retconned it because it's such an inconsequential part of the canon to me like i don't care for it much I mean, the art's good, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, but the comic, like, I don't mean to disrespect the creators or anything, but yeah, it was, yeah, as you say, it was. Pre- it's pretty inconsequential. So if they retcon it, I'm fine. But also, um, similar to, like, with Cobb Vanth in Mando Season 2 and when he sort of told his backstory, you know, it was pretty similar but not quite the same. So 
I would be fine if they sort of did like an adaptation that like kind of was its own thing because um you know that comic wasn't anything too special and I would uh be pretty happy if they could make that story a bit more interesting but um yeah but it, it also yeah just disappointing that Alan Tudyk's not going to be um in the show at least to begin with um because you know a- and or like is a it's a great character but yeah k2 was something a lot of people looking forward to but um on the on the bright side though it's going to give us more focus on on andor which is good because you know it's his show he does deserve the spotlight so yeah and and look we're going to get him eventually i'm almost certain it's almost a guarantee at this point so um yeah anything else to say on that i just think that cassian has a lot of potential as a character because even in rogue one we saw how like morally ambiguous he was and yeah. it's a it's a good opportunity to show the darker side of the rebellion that we didn't really see in the original trilogy. Yeah, you know it's a war, so you have to do things that aren't exactly nice. So it also I'm I'm kind of curious if they'll go into like his backstory as a separatist as a child because that's how he started. You know, he said I've been in this fight since I was six years old, and that's where he started. He was a separatist, and that doesn't make him a bad guy. You know. As the crawl on episode three says, there are heroes on both sides. So I feel like it would be really neat to have kind of like flashbacks like Mando does to his youth. And you can kind of showcase, uh, I don't know, this might be just wishful thinking, but uh, since it is a show about him, I think it would be cool to see Cassian in his childhood and uh, showing that the Separatists weren't all bad. Like kind of going into what Clone Wars did a little bit with... uh, the senator that uh, Padme was friends with. Lux Bonteri. Yeah, Senator um, Bonteri. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, yeah, yeah, no. That, I, I was just thinking that, that um, they could do those flashbacks similar to Mando Season 1, his sort of childhood flashbacks. Obviously, it won't be the same as that, but, um, yeah, no, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, cool. So, yeah, moving on from, from that news, uh, this isn't really news, but um, there's just been a lot of uh, discussion lately about the the fan casting of Thrawn. So, um, look, what what do we think of this? Because Thrawn, it's looking like he's almost uh, a guarantee to be in the Ahsoka show in live action. So, um, who do we want? Who do you want to be playing him? The only w- person I can see playing him is Lars Mikkelsen. He voiced him in Rebels, and to me, he embodied the character perfectly. I don't see how you can recast him after such a distinct voice and performance like that because it's such like a whimsical and yet uh authoritative voice and it's hard to replicate that like unlike us i mean ahsoka's voice was like enough of like hard enough for an adjustment for me like when i first heard Rosario dawson i was very like kind of like oh it's rosaria dawson's voice because i've seen her in other things yeah so like i it, it immediately took me out of it which is fine because you know you gotta adjust to you know different actors in different roles like you know like matt lanter's not a, a perfect voice match to hayden christensen and he brings his own thing to it and that's great uh so it, it just takes time to adjust but eventually you get used to it but in this case i think that thrawn is so distinct his voice is so distinct and his uh charisma is so unique to himself that i feel like lars is the only one who can play him the way that i think the the character needs to be played and also lars looks the part he has 
you know, a pretty similar facial structure to Thrawn. So I feel like he's the only logical choice, but you know, I'm just, I'm just a fan. I don't know. I'm not a casting director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think I know, um, Benedict Cumberbatch had been thrown around quite a bit. Um, but look, I just totally agree with everything you just said. Mickelson seems like the only, um, option that is going to please the fans and do justice to the character because, um, yeah, like I was the same with Rosario. It was difficult to, to adjust, but I think that that was like, okay. You know, they're like, it made sense to, um, change Ahsoka in that circumstance, but, um, they can do it with Mickelson perfectly. So I think, uh, I think it could work out. And honestly, the same way that Katie Sackhoff um, ended up, you know, being the perfect option for Bo-Katan, like she looked um, just, just like fine for the um, for it to go from an- animation to live action. Mickelson will be the exact same. I think it, it it'll be pretty seamless transition. So yeah, I'm. Uh, let's uh, let's hope we we actually get that uh, in the years to come. But yeah, uh, some other news we got is that Mando season three is set to begin filming on April fifth, twenty twenty one which I think this is going to mean that we, we're going to have to wait probably until March or April next year until we get a season three. So, yeah, what do you think of this? That makes sense to me because uh, the way that Disney Plus is kind of structuring the way they're releasing all these shows is they like to have at least one show going, but they yeah. never overlap their big blockbuster shows. Like with WandaVision right now, yeah, they yeah. waited a few weeks after mando finished up so that it's just a little bit of a gap to keep you waiting and to keep your subscription but when it's back you're gonna miss out if you're not subscribed so they don't want to have it like back-to-back weeks or whatever but they want to spread it out just enough uh just so that you're staying on the platform or whatever so it makes perfect sense to me with uh book of boba fett starting in december of this year you know who knows how many episodes it is but i imagine that the scheduling will work out enough to where book of boba fett will last long enough for mando to come out in april or march it'll, it'll probably be something like that if i had to guess yeah because I, I my thinking was that uh i think they wanted to release book of boba fett before mando season three and they but they would have mando season three as the um like in its usual time slot starting in late October, early November. But then I think COVID probably just pushed it all back. So they're like, now Book of Boba Fett has Mando, Mando's timeline in terms of episode release. And um, and that's been pushed back a year, uh, not a year, like a couple months. But um, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Like, that, it makes a lot of sense for Disney+. Plus. Um, and yeah, they've shown they, they do want one blockbuster always on because I think they've got after WandaVision, they'll have... Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier I'm pretty sure and then straight after that they're going to Loki so they're just keeping it going um, non-stop so yeah absolutely but um, yeah can't wait for Mando. And that's why I, that's why I think that Bad Batch will come out after Loki because yeah. there's quite a gap after like after Loki nothing's been like officially announced on when it's coming out so I assume that once Loki is done then they'll have Bad Batch going that's what I'm guessing yeah. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Marvel's got, like, a full slate all the way through May, it looks like, May or June. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, I would be not not disappointed, but just annoyed if Bad Batch took that long to come out. But it definitely could be the case, considering they do have all that time with like, what's looking like no content. So, yeah, that would be annoying to wait that long. But hopefully we uh, we can get it in March or something. But, uh, yeah, cool. So, moving on from that, we've... Uh, th- 
also got uh, not so, like I want to call this news, but there's just been a lot of talk going around that the book of Boba Fett is gonna feature some fan favorite characters, um, specifically bounty hunters. Um, uh, ones like Bosk Dengar, I think those are sort of a given. I think they'll be in there somehow, whether it's a two minute cameo or they'll have their own episode. But one that um, personally I would just really enjoy, and I think a lot of other people want to see is a live action Cad Bane but not only would it be a live action Cad Bane it would be finally continuing his story from the Clone Wars and you know we haven't seen it for ages so yeah what do you think of this okay I'm a big Bosk fanboy um I love that lizard uh I didn't really care for him too much until I played Battlefront 2 and I started using him in Battlefront 2 a lot and now he's like my man now I just love that I love his abilities he's so fun to play with yeah. Uh, so I'm like a big Bosk fan now. Bosk better show up in this show, or I'll be very disappointed. Like if Bib Fortuna, <laughs> he will. He's a given. If Bib Fortuna can survive uh, Java <laughs> sail barge blowing up, then yeah. uh, a Trandoshan such as Bosk definitely could. Yeah, there's just one shot of him on there, and after after Return of the Jedi, he doesn't show up anywhere. So I'm really eager to see if Bosk shows up because and I feel like it's a no-brainer because you know Trandoshans can literally regrow back limbs that they lose as yeah. you can see from Skier from uh, the High Republic era yeah which yeah. so Bosk better show up or I'll be thoroughly disappointed <laughs> and yeah. um, as far as Cad Bane goes I feel like that would be an interesting uh, jump to live action for sure because He's definitely like a fan favorite for like current Star Wars fans that are like, you know, on the internet nowadays because of the Clone Wars. All of us have grown up. So it'd be so cool to have that fulfilled. But at the same time, I'm kind of curious if after Clone Wars, I- I'm curious if they're going to uh, stick with the standard that they set with the unfinished Clone Wars arcs as far as um, that when they started releasing the legacy unreleased uh, arcs of Clone Wars in different formats like the Dark Disciple novel or the Son of Dathomir comics. There's a little featurette that they put on YouTube that talks about how they still treat all of those arcs like they happened. So I'm I'm interested to see if that's going to hold up for something that's the same scale as uh, that's as big a scale as the book of Boba Fett is like, I know that they make exceptions for movies, but I'm not sure if that will translate to shows as well. I'm not sure where they prioritize their storytelling mediums in that sense. So I'm curious to see if they do uh, kind of retcon their own headcanon of what happened to Cad Bane for that purpose. I mean, I'd be all for it because, you know, we still haven't seen that, story and it's not like definite because even the reel they showed a uh, celebration that uh, the unfinished reel of their shootout Boba and uh, Cad's Cad Bane shootout it still wasn't totally clear if Cad Bane died so yeah. I, I I never personally got the interpretation that he did die I think I don't know may, he may have been wounded injured somehow but I like personally I've always thought he, he would have survived that shootout anyway but um yeah no seeing him in live action and just that story getting continued i think would be fantastic because it's uh 
definitely something a lot of the fans want to see. Um, the last thing that we uh, are just going to touch on is the High Republic. It started up. Um, I did. Uh, I did my Light of the Jedi review, but um, yeah, we've uh, we've also had the comic, a test of courage, into the dark. Um, so I, I just thought I'd ask James. You know, what, what does he think of Light of the Jedi? Because he's read it all. He's got some early copies, um, and uh, yeah. Well, so tell us, tell us, what do you think? The nice folks at uh, Disney Press, uh, uh, Disney Books and Lucasfilm Press, and uh, Del Rey Books, they've sent me uh, the copies of the books early, which is very nice of them. Uh, so I got, I've, I'm very uh, privileged to have read them. And uh, so I've read uh, Light of the Jedi. I read the first issue of the High Republic comic that came out. And I've read the short story that showed up in Star Wars Insider that yeah. takes place right before Light of the Jedi. Yeah. And I've also read Into the Dark, which uh, as of recording this, it comes out next week. Yeah. And, yeah. um, as far as my initial thoughts on the era as a whole, I'm very impressed. I am very, very excited to see what they're going to uh, do next. And it's a, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air, honestly, because it's so nice to see a new era of the galaxy that isn't intrinsically tied to the Skywalkers. It's so nice to have brand new characters that we don't have any idea where they're going or who they are other than like, you know, a few here and there like Yoda and some other Jedi that show up. Yeah, there's so it's just little references here and there that's kind of like, oh, they give little nuggets for us big Star Wars fans in there, but they don't overwhelm the story at all, which is great because they're giving these characters time to breathe and have their own spotlight to shine while also like kind of throwing in little little fun uh, little nuggets for us. But I I love Light of the Jedi. I thought it was I thought it was incredible. I thought that Charles Soule did such an incredible job setting up this era. Like that was such a daunting task, and he did it with such grace. And I really enjoyed the way he interpreted the Force with oh, the different yeah. Jedi going into how each Jedi saw the Force, yeah. and also just world building in general was top tier just the way that he set up the, the state of the galaxy and how technology was at that time and how the jedi operated within the republic i thought that all of that was just brilliantly done set up very well and i feel like it's integral to read that book before you read anything else i mean of course you can read any of the other higher public stuff but you got to read light of the jedi to get yeah. the best experience yeah. you can because even uh a test of courage which um is just like a middle grade novel it's enhanced so much by light of the jedi it's a it's a it's still good like introduction uh for a, like a middle schooler for that era but uh it's a nice little book if you just can't get enough of this era and you want to read more like it took me less than a day to read it it was really quick and uh Vernestra is a really cool jedi um and then the comic was pretty good i i liked the twist ending at the end i'm very confused yeah. and uh very especially after reading, especially yeah. after reading light of the jedi i'm pretty yeah uh confused at that ending so yeah i'm very intrigued to see where that goes from there because it's one of my favorite characters from light of the jedi so mm. i'm kind of uh worried a little bit yeah 
And uh, as far as Into the Dark, I really enjoyed it as well. I was uh, stuck at home, not doing anything uh, all, uh, when I got it. And uh, I literally did nothing but read all day. And I read, I'd read the like 100 pages previously, but I read the, the rest of the book, like 300 pages all in one day. <laughs> so if that tells you anything about how much I like the book, uh, I don't know what else will. I, yeah. I just really, I couldn't seem to put it down. Like I would go, <laughs> I would put it down to like try to do something else, but I always just came back to it because I'm like, well, I, I just want to see what happens next, you know. Yeah. It was, it wasn't like adrenaline rush. It was just something about it that I couldn't, I just couldn't put it down. I just had to keep turning the pages. So, and I don't want to say too much about that one because uh, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. But it's, uh, I feel like a lot of people will enjoy it, you know. Claudia Gray always knocks it out of the park when it comes to Star Wars. So I'm really excited uh, to see how people react to it the same way that people have reacted to Light of the Jedi. Because it's so neat to like know what people are in for before it happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you guys don't even know what's about to happen. It's so cool. Yeah. Especially when the stories are so good, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I also like the, uh, the Star Wars Insider short story. It was uh, a nice little uh, tie-in to Light of the Jedi. It, it uh, focused on uh, two non-Jedi characters that were uh, prominently in the in the book. So it kind of fleshed them out a little better, and uh, it's you know makes me care about them a little bit more. But you know, the short stories in uh, Star Wars Insider aren't integral to it. It's just kind of like a little extra if you if you want it you know yeah no I, I gotta agree light of the jedi is the perfect entry point for the high republic I, i'd have to say um obviously i haven't read um as much of the books as you have yet but um yeah i'm getting through them but they're they're, they're doing a great job and uh yeah can't wait for more but um that's pretty much all the news we've we've got to talk about we're in a bit of a dry patch at the moment in terms of star wars news which is fine considering we just got um a full season of the mandalorian and we've got season uh one of the bad batch about to drop so um i'm just gonna uh, ask james a few questions about um you know his fandom star wars fact all that sort of stuff so let's start off by just asking you know um what what, what was the um decision behind starting up star wars fact you know what why'd you decide to have that username like yeah just tell us all about it so for me to get to sw fact i have to backtrack a few months so i started the current uh star wars account i have now i started that april 11th 2016 but uh where my instagram story begins is november it's around november 23rd of 2015 i was on a vacation with my family and uh a couple months prior my friend uh my good friend at the time He's he followed these fact uh, comic book accounts where they would post about like Marvel or DC, and uh, so they looked cool, and I I followed them, and uh, I don't think any of those exist anymore. But <laughs> you know, I I enjoyed their stuff, but after a while, I'm just like I I was a big comic book guy, so my dad got me into comic books, and I've I've been collecting them now going on probably seven years. So I started really young. I was like 12 when I started collecting comic books and reading them. And uh, I've amassed like 20, over 2,000 uh, comics at this point. 
it's it's uh, getting out of hand. <laughs> um, so comic <laughs> books, yeah, comic books were my first love. So I was reading all these comics and you know following these accounts, and I, I was starting to realize that I wasn't getting anything out of these accounts because I already knew everything. That's not like a, a brag or anything. I just genuinely didn't find it interesting because I. I, they were just posting like very basic things about, you know, Green Lantern is the guy who has willpower and he uses this green ring to project his, to help him fight things. And I'm just like, yeah, this is basic, you know? So I was like, I can do better. So 14 year old me uh, at the time, I'm, I guess I'm revealing my age. <laughs> 14 year old me uh, back in uh, 2015, late 2015 was like, you know, I should uh, I should do this myself. Uh, so I made a Marvel account uh, called Marvel Comic Fact. It doesn't exist anymore, but I I made that and posted on it for about a month, and I was enjoying it. Uh, started it on my family vacation, and uh, a month later, The Force Awakens came out, and I saw The Force Awakens for the first time in the theater on December twenty fifth so on christmas day and i was absolutely in awe i had never seen a star wars movie in theaters at that point that i know of i might have gone to revenge of the sith when i was like four but i don't remember if i did Uh, i do remember growing up on those movies with the dvd releases and that all six of them so i and i watched clone wars a bit when i was growing up but I was never involved with the fandom in any capacity. I was more of a comic book guy. I I was really just into Marvel and Spider-Man growing up. So that was like an Avatar The Last Airbender. So I watched The Force Awakens and was just totally blown away. And I instantly just wanted to read everything, watch everything. Like Star Wars was like a whole new world, you know? And then the day after I saw it, December 26th, I... I uh, came up with the idea, hey, I should make a Star Wars fact account to go along with my Marvel account. And I can, you know, promote it on my Marvel account and, you know, get my followers to go to that one so it can grow more. (laughs) So I was like, hey, this is a perfect plan. You know, I was like Palpatine, just like uh, (laughs) plotting things out, you know. But to my surprise, so, well, after I made the account, I'm like, well, I can't just I know nothing other than like the movies and a few seasons of Clone Wars. So I got some work to do, you know? Uh, so I, you know, bought a visual dictionary, bought the, my first Star Wars book that I read was Before the Awakening. Red Splitter mm-hmm. of the Mind's Eye. My dad had that one. Like that was the only Star Wars book he had. Mm-hmm. And I, I read the novelization for The Force Awakens. And yeah. And then I watched Star Wars Rebels and all that. So I was like fully immersed in Star Wars, uh, like immediately after I saw The Force Awakens. Like, like I was so out of the Star Wars fandom that I didn't even know that Star Wars Rebels existed. Yeah, That's wow. how far out of the fandom I was. So yeah. uh, I, I was like, oh, this is a cool show. Um, so I went back. The first episode I ever watched as it came out was the Leia episode in season two, uh, where she... Uh, she meets the ghost crew and so i i was like oh i I saw the mid-season trailer so i was like oh i gotta catch up so i uh, went back and watched all of season one and then half of season two and then started watching the rest of rebels as it came out and that was really fun so um 
I was just really invested in Star Wars all of a sudden. And to my surprise, my account just blew up. Yeah. I don't know. It was just Force Awakens hype, I guess. So yeah. um, for four months, I had uh, this, this account that I made uh, on December 26th, uh, 2015. It was called star.wars.fact. Yeah. So Star Wars fact with periods in the middle. And uh, on April 11th, 2016, four months after I made it, I uh, someone tried to lock, uh, log into my account, and I got locked out. Um, and I lost it forever. I still can't uh, recover it. Uh, so I had to start from scratch on uh, in April of 2016. And uh, it took me about a year to... Uh, my, my account got... Um, I got locked out when... It was about to hit fifty thousand followers. Man, that's so bad. Yeah, I was having like a, a crisis. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I was like on such. It was so fun, and I just, uh, it was so disappointing. But I, I had, as uh, Palpatine says, the attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed, but my resolve has never been stronger. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you use that. So I restarted my account, and I'm like, I'm going to build it back up. I, I was a man on a mission. And it took yeah. me about a year to get it back to where it was. And uh, that's uh, that account is SWFact, the one I still have to this day. And, uh, yeah, right now it's uh, – I just hit 125,000. He's doing very well, James. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, because you were telling me earlier you've, your entry point into the – um fandom is very different i was expecting it to not be that different but that is like that's a very unique story i haven't heard something like that before but um yeah that's awesome so like i was a very i was a very late uh bloomer when it comes to star wars <laughs> yeah yeah no i i can't relate to be honest like i've just it's just been in my blood forever like um i i you actually you might be the same a lot of people are but i just cannot remember watching the fir- any of the first six movies for the first time um maybe revenge yeah, of the that's Sith, the way. but I... probably not like yeah i just i have no clue and it's just yeah it's just been a forever forever thing but yeah so i just want to talk um on like the state of the fandom at the moment so there's there's some like very good content creators out there like whether it's youtube instagram podcast you know there's there's some great people doing some great things out there but then there's always um the dark side uh there's a few content creators who just uh you know all about spreading negativity not making not making styles fun for everyone like it should be what what do you have to say about that i mean no matter where you go whether it's a fandom for star wars or a fandom for marvel or you know any any sort of entertainment or hobby like or just sports like any anything that involves humans coming together about a certain topic to talk about it there's going to be people that are negative and try to stir the pot. That's just the case for everything. So I think it's kind of funny that when people are like, man, the star Wars fandom's so toxic. I'm like, that's just human nature for you. I don't like, yeah, no matter yeah. what fandom you go to, there's always going to be people that are uh, not very nice about it, you know, because uh, that's just the way we are. Yeah. So, but as far as like negativity goes, I mean, yeah it sucks and negativity sells so that's why they keep doing it mm. uh you know negativity on youtube especially gets clicks you know 
if you if you have a enticing thumbnail with like a title oh kathleen kennedy gets fired you know people are going to be intrigued because not everyone's a fan of what she has done as the president which i feel is a bit unfair at times uh but i mean there's definitely things i would do differently as would anyone if they were president of the company they would do different things i mean that's just the way it is so you're not going to please everybody. That's just always the case, even like on my account, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, whenever you're on the internet doing anything or in any sort of entertainment industry, you're just not going to please everybody, and that's just how it is, you know. Yeah. Um, you can you can only just hope to do what you think people will enjoy, and most importantly, what you think yourself would enjoy, because yeah honestly like as a content creator if you're not interested in what you're doing you're not going to get far you know yeah exactly exactly if if i don't enjoy it then what's the point like yeah yeah like i could talk about all day what i don't like about star wars but yeah that doesn't accomplish anything like if i'm just being negative and just nothing else like uh, it doesn't add anything of value i mean of course constructive criticism is necessary at times yeah you know you gotta sometimes you know you you gotta i mean you gotta think about why you don't like it not just say it's terrible and you hate it you know you gotta instead of just saying the sequels suck you should pick out what aspects of it you don't particularly like but just saying that a blanket statement that it's absolutely terrible just because you didn't like rose or something like i feel like that's really um unnecessarily harsh yeah uh, no absolutely like there's most, I, I love the sequels but there's a lot that like i don't like about it you know like but I'm, not, yeah. I'm just not gonna make a, a podcast going everything i hate about the sequels and then just list it all off like if i was gonna do that i'd just say everything i love about the sequels and talk about that because i'd feel much better about it like you know exactly because it's it if you're negative all the time it's just so taxing on you i mean i've <laughs> that's why i just for the most part don't ever spread negativity on my page like every now and then i'll like talk about my frustration of something but it's uh fairly rare i just i like to focus on you know as a fan of star wars i want to i want to talk about my love of the franchise rather than just tearing it down because otherwise like am i really a fan like if all i'm doing is spreading negativity you know yeah. It's it's best to just talk about what you like and you'll have a good time, you know? Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly. My philosophy, at least. Yeah. I'm not here and uh, most people for the like most people aren't like on the internet. I'm talking about the Stars fandom here to talk bad, like talk trash on it. Like I just want to like talk about why I love it with, you know, great people and that's that's what I do like for the most part, but there's always people that are going to try and ruin that for you, so yeah uh anyway moving on from that <laughs> um how are you um currently feeling about star wars you know like uh, with the sequels um mando season two how, how have you been going with it all um after the rise of skywalker i kind of went through like a star wars uh relapse i guess i, I kind of just fell out of the fandom for a little bit yeah um just because there wasn't much going on i guess i mean there was a uh, clone wars season seven but after clone Wars season seven I didn't uh, do much um, other than like May 4th uh, around yeah. that. But um, I mean, 
yeah there was like a six month period in between like uh clone wars and mando where i i i went back to being a marvel fan because i have a spider-man <laughs> account so um yeah i as far as like star wars in general i i mean i i really enjoy it um back in the summer um i started reading a lot more star wars books and uh i really enjoyed uh getting into the publishing aspect of star wars more because before yeah uh, last summer i really had been neglecting it uh i'd been uh putting it off uh i've been buying the books but i haven't been reading them so i've been trying to get back into it and i really enjoy the publishing for the most part i mean of course there's books here and there that aren't the greatest but you know that's the case for everything and i, I really enjoy I re- you know mando season two was incredible i mean <laughs> i i don't know how you could ask for more honestly like they did such an incredible yeah. job crafting that season both story-wise and all the set pieces and uh you know the technological advancements they've made uh you know expanding the lore of mandalorians and the fett family like i absolutely adore uh that season Uh, i didn't know how they could top season one but they somehow did it like it was uh very impressive and i (laughs) i would stay up every friday uh yeah how how late did you have to stay up? uh, so in in america we have to stay up uh pretty late i had to stay up till 2 a.m because of the time zone yeah uh so every I've been talking to a lot of people that like most are saying like yeah midnight or three a.m. even for some, um, but <laughs> I don't know if you know, but seven p.m. for me is just oh prime time television. Oh yeah, Love you're it. lucky. And I can, yeah, I, you. Uh, I mean, I can watch it like three or four times as well. It's great. Yeah, you guys in Australia are lucky. As far as the sequels go, uh, I I like them. Um, I mean, okay, this is no exaggeration. I love every Star Wars movie. I yeah. I genuinely do. Of I'm, course, I'm every same, yeah. of course every movie I have different problems with. You know, it's hard to rank them, but I try to. But it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to rank things like that. But um, I just adore the Force Awakens. Without the Force Awakens, I wouldn't be where I am today, and that's a fact. Uh, that's just the way it is. The Last Jedi. I mean, I I thought I think it's very overhated. I mean, it's a very uh, polarizing film oh, yeah. in many respects, but I, I'm, of course, there are uh, many things about it I don't like, but overall, I think it's just, I think it's well done. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a hot take, but I thought Luke was done well. I thought Last Jedi was good, but not great. But again, it's Star Wars. I love it. I mean, how can you not like Korgs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Or the, oh. or the little nun uh, turtles. I mean... Oh, the caretakers. They're the best. You gotta love the caretakers. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I mean, of course, there's things I don't like about it. But overall, it's a good, entertaining film. And, uh, I mean, it's a little blue. <laughs> yeah. Hard to see the final act, but whatever. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, again, like, I could talk about what I don't like about them, but... I don't think that really adds any value when you don't also talk about what you like. And, you know, this isn't a discussion about uh, in-depth opinions on the sequels. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll hold myself back here. And uh, I thought 
Clone Wars was really good. Uh, season seven just blew my mind. Um, I mean, I even, I mean, the Martez sister arc was a bit of a low point, but I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever. I just, it, it could have been done better. That's yeah. for sure. I think, I think personally, I really had my expectations in check for season seven. So I was not disappointed at all with that arc. I think purely because I expected it to be exactly that. So I was honestly pretty, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, every week I sit down, it was a good episode. Like, and I knew, yeah, last arc is going to be what this is all about. Siege of Mandalore. And then, you know, it came, everyone loved it. We were all blown away and it was, it was great. Yeah. Like I, I agree. My expectations were pretty in check for that as well. But, uh, I mean, people who say it's a useless arc didn't pay attention because Ahsoka can't go from, uh, leaving the order to all of a sudden just showing up on Mandalore, you know, she has to have a bit of a story to get to where she was going. So, I mean, whether you like it or not, you have to at least acknowledge that it was a necessary, uh, tale for Ahsoka. I mean, whether you argue it could have been executed better or not, I mean, that's always a discussion, but saying that it's a useless arc is not, uh, not correct <laughs> yeah so but i i love the bad batch arc that was a great one and yeah. i mean i mean those arcs uh you know bad batch is amazing but nothing holds a candle to uh the finale oh gosh yeah. that that was such a good piece of star wars i man oh so good and the animation yeah. was just on point and the story beats were just on point i so I could I could gush about the finale for an hour. Like yeah. it's so good. As far as games go, um, Jedi Fallen Order was incredible. Uh, probably my favorite Star Wars game. Yeah. Other than like Battlefront Two and uh, Lego Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although I'm I'm really excited for the Skywalker Saga Lego Star Wars yeah, game. Yeah. It's gonna be really fun. Oh, uh, you best believe I'm gonna. Uh, order the deluxe edition so i can get mando and all the extra levels or whatever i'm gonna get fully immersed in some lego yeah i hope they put they put some rebels and clone wars stuff in there though oh that would be a dream come true that would be incredible yeah yeah um and i mean i didn't like squadrons that much i mean again i don't really talk about it too much because i just get uh frustrated i guess i wish it could have been more immersive and uh yeah the story could have been a little better yeah overall i don't have many complaints about star wars i mean i really i'm a fan i mean what can i say i i really like what lucasfilm is doing um for the most part i mean of course there's things that here and there that i would prefer they do other things but you know it is what it is uh when that happens but overall i i can't uh, be too mad because of all the good stuff they've come out with yeah no 100 percent. um yeah before we wrap up we'll just ask a few basic questions just you know because it's always interesting to hear who's your favorite character who's your favorite like d-list character like for example i said last week um mine's quinlan voss like he's in a book an episode of the clone wars and in the background uh, like of the phantom menace you know like do you have a character like that you love it's funny you say that because i think my favorite well i know my favorite character is in that category yeah right. uh, my, favorite, my favorite character is admiral akbar i i think it was initially like the meme of akbar just being this like fish in star wars being an admiral like how funny is that you know um 
but over time like i started reading into the character and uh i mean this was when i was first starting my account i started reading into the character and i just i really started enjoying his story um yeah i i thought that he was such a, a cool guy like um watching clone wars seeing him show up there was so fun and uh, i just love his look and i think his voice is really 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 cool um i wish i could talk like that even the way he blinks just like the way the puppet blinks is just hysterical to me yeah. like it's just like little parts about the character that just like make me love him even more it's kind of crazy uh like even the way he's like general Dean and he like O opens his arm like in such like a weird way <laughs> and of course it's a trap it's just iconic i can also you know get into you know he was a, a a brilliant military strategist he i okay i'm gonna get on my soapbox and defend admiral akbar here because <laughs> a lot of people like to uh, slander admiral akbar and say that admiral radis is better <laughs> now radis is okay and i will admit that the death star would not have been blown up without him but he only really, from what we've seen so far, he really only accomplished one thing, and that was getting, uh, he was downloading an email and then put it on a hard drive. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but <laughs> uh, uh, Akbar. a lot of people say that Akbar was like a coward for wanting to leave the Battle of Endor. No, he was doing what was best for the Rebel Alliance in his mind because like he said, it was a trap, and there's no way that anyone could have predicted this. And the numbers were absolutely stacked against them. And yeah. there was, it seemed like there was no hope. But Calrissian reminded him to have a little bit of hope in the Strike Force team, which, while it didn't seem very likely, he still, and also it shows that he was a good leader because. He wasn't the one that had the final say. He listened to Calrissian, and he listened to the people under him to influence his decision. Because instead of just like blindly saying, this is what we're doing and this is how it is, he listened to his troops, and they said, let's stay just a little bit longer and wait this out. And I, sh I think that shows that he's such a great leader because he's not just like, it's my uh, way or the highway, yeah. you know? And also when he did decide to stay his strategy to take down the second death star was impeccable he once he sat down and he's like okay we're doing this he's like you go here you go here and they won like i don't see how anyone can possibly say that akbar is a bad leader or in any sense like i feel like he is the perfect military military strategist that happens to be a bit conservative because he doesn't want to lose and just throw away troops for no reason, which I think is a, is a great characteristic of a great leader. And the fact that he won the Battle of Endor against insurmountable odds with the kind of fleet he had and blew up the Death Star, you know, with the help of the strike force on the, on the, on the ground, you know, I mean, it was his plan, you know? He's, he's the one that gave the briefing and it was his idea to have the strike force go down there and the fleet to go in the way they did. And they got it done and they got out. And then, you know, the rest of the, the galactic civil war, he, he, uh, you know, led the, 
the rebels to another incredible victory at the Battle of Jakku, where they ended the empire for good, to where they were just now like just little uh, cells here and there, like Moff Gideon. But the Battle of Jakku is the nail in the coffin, and Akbar was the one leading the charge, which is no surprise to, to me at all because he is an incredible military strategist. All right, I'm off my soapbox that, uh, now. That is wow. my Akbar that, defense. Right that there. was something. I was not expecting that but <laughs> when I asked that question, <laughs> but that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. That is my favorite character, and I thought about it a lot. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. I don't even know where to go after that. That was that was extraordinary. What, what's your favorite movie? I used to say Empire Strikes Back, but I feel like I've watched it so many times that it's starting to get a little old. And like, I think I need to wait a few years or I won't, but I need to wait a little bit. Yeah. You know, I watch Star Wars movies constantly, so I probably won't wait that long, but I I need to like take a break watching that one because I've seen it so many times. Um, I, I think it's Return of the Jedi. Recently, I started saying Return of the Jedi and uh, I just really love how hopeful that movie is and I, I love the two sequences, main sequences in it, you know, um, you know, with uh, Tatooine and Jabba. And then, you know, the Battle of Endor, of course, is, an, is my favorite Star Wars battle. For what I mean, I just went on a huge tangent why I love that battle. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like Return of the Jedi just has one of the best endings in Star Wars. Uh, I just really always, I'm always entertained, and I always come. Uh, at the end of that movie, I I'm always happy, you know. Yeah. So. No, hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah. So before we finish up, one last question I got for you. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of Star Wars? You know, we've got a lot coming. Um, what is your most anticipated project? Most anticipated project. Ooh, that's hard. That is really tough. Um, there's a lot that I'm excited for. Uh, as, I'll, while I think about it, I'll talk about what I think about the general future of Star Wars. Yeah. I I feel like there's a lot coming up that's very exciting. With that Investor's Day announcements, um, there was just a lot of really cool stuff they announced. Just all of those shows that we have to look forward to now. And... You know, with the High Republic coming out, there's a lot of uh, publishing material for us to be excited about. I'm especially excited for anything that Claudia Gray and Charles Soule do and Kevin Scott. Those are my three favorites of the five writers that, oh, are, yeah. that are there. And uh, I'm just really excited to see where all these characters go because it's... Uh, it's an open it's it's a clean slate you know it's uh we don't know what's going on you know yeah and um as far as my most anticipated project maybe uh jedi fallen order 2 perhaps or or maybe the obi-wan kenobi show those are my two favorite or, or, or the two i'm most excited for honestly because the rematch with obi-wan and vader is going to be very exciting like it's mind-blowing that that's going to happen yeah and uh and also jedi fall i mean it's not confirmed that fallen order 2 is coming out but i think it's it's 
pretty much like ninety nine almost guaranteed confirmed. at this yeah. point because of how it'll well happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that that first game sold so well that they would be very uh, dumb to not do a sequel with the way it ended. So I feel like it's uh, it's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. That was uh that was a great chat. Um, I'm never gonna forget that Admiral Akbar rant that I just witnessed. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, so yes, thanks so much for coming on. But uh, before we uh sign off, do you have anything you want to plug? Follow me at SW Fact. The letters SW and then the word Fact. Um, I have a backup account SW Fact too. I mean, I, I post there sporadically and. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, a Spider-Man account, Wall Crawler Facts. If you're into Spider-Man, and uh, I guess this is like an exclusive to your podcast. I am <laughs> starting to uh, work on YouTube to see if I am Ooh. going to do that or not. So I'm really um, stay tuned. Yeah, I'm very, ex- I'm very into the making of process of Star Wars. It's one thing about my. I mean, if you follow me, you know that I post a lot of behind the scenes information and there's a lot of things that I would like to post about, but it's a little too much information to fit into like one post. So if I were to post about it, it would like, you know, take a few posts to get it all in there because it's a lot of info and not everyone wants to read that much. Mm. So I feel like those types of subjects would be better formatted for a video so i have been thinking about doing that um if i can find the time i might do it so i mean if if people want to see that i would i'd be uh interested in doing that link in the description for all that stuff um i'll throw it in there but yeah thank you so much for coming on james it's been an absolute blast chatting with you um but yeah that just about wraps up this week's episode if you haven't already please drop a like comment rating or review depending on how you're listening and subscribe or follow the channel be sure to follow me on twitter at the sw exchange and on instagram at styles underscore exchange i'll see you all next time as always thanks for listening and may the force be with you